Hello everyone, welcome to the Triangles Meditation Group. Today is June 29th, 2021. And there is a new feature um, that you can use to have access to a transcription, a live transcription of the meeting. And you just go to, uh, I believe it says transcriptions, and then you just turn on um, live transcriptions. So why don't we just begin with a moment of silence to link up with the group and set our intention to work together as a spiritual group. We know, O oh Lord of life and love, about the need. Touch our hearts anew with love, that we too may love and give. So the work we do each week together is twofold, to introduce the work of triangles to people who are new to it and to aid them in the forming of triangles. So a warm welcome to any of you who may be new. And if you would like to form a triangle, we also um, simply ask that you put your name in the chat box and hopefully two other people on the webinar will agree to link with you each day as a triangle member. And we also provide a platform for those of us who are already members of triangles to come together each week and work together in a meditative visualization in the support and strengthening of the planetary network. That's our real purpose. So triangles is a necessary activity in our world today, which we know is one of much fog and mist, uh, glamor and illusion. Um, and our work together with this forming of these uh, lighted triangles, a network that extends around the globe, we do what we can to help dissipate that, those fogs and mists. The triangles work is a simple visualization technique that uses the power of thought and prayer to uplift and transform consciousness. Three people agree to link up with each other each day, visualizing a golden triangle of light linking the three of them. And then they link with all the other people throughout the world who are also working in triangles and visualize the network surrounding the planet, releasing light and goodwill to all open hearts and minds through the use at the close of the visualization of a world prayer known as the Great Invocation. So it's quite simple, only takes a few minutes each day, and it can therefore be fit into even the busiest of schedules. So again, we welcome your participation. And those of you who are already Triangles members, we welcome you to form more Triangles if you so choose. And today after our meditation, we have the great honor to welcome our guest, uh, Joshua Vervoot, who's a student of the Ageless Wisdom and has had a keen interest in magic and spirituality 
from a young age, and he's currently working towards a successful manifestation of the molecular relationship as well as, well as other spiritual projects. And also we welcome Nick Taylor. He's a student of a few different spiritual disciplines, including the works of Alice Bailey and the Theosophical Society, and is a, a member of Subud, New York. He has a Master of Social Work degree from Turo University with a specialty in clinical work. And Nick is interested in the fusion of esoteric knowledge and everyday psychology. So we look forward to hearing what they have to say on the topic of group work. And so now, as we always do, let's work together with our brief visualization. Let's link together, visualizing the planet as a sphere of lighted energy. And within that sphere, let's visualize the three primary planetary centers. Shambhala, the planetary head center, the spiritual hierarchy, the planetary heart, and humanity, the planetary throat center. Visualize the energy of these three spheres circulating, expanding their fields, tapping into each other, filling the triangle with light. And now visualize within the center of that triangle, a five pointed star of the world teacher, bringing together east and west, past and present and future, radiating the energy of love wisdom. And at each point of the star, the sphere of his activity stands an outpost of his consciousness, the five planetary centers. And visualize the energies radiating out from the center of the star through the five points. London, Darjeeling, New York, Geneva, Tokyo. Visualize these outpouring energies, enlivening small groups, gathering everywhere, aiding them to focus and direct the energies into the consciousness of all humanity, solving its problems creating right human relations, restoring peace on earth.
We sound the invocation of light, projecting a bridge of lighted energy towards the spiritual hierarchy. Radiance, we are and power. We stand forever with our hands stretched out, linking the heavens and the earth, the inner world of meaning and the subtle world of glimmer. We reach into the light and bring it down to meet the need. We reach into the silent place and bring from thence the gift of understanding. Thus with the light we work and turn the darkness into day. So when we're considering the topic of group work, we know that it relates to many things dependent upon the nature of the work being undertaken. For there's many groups in the world today acting at all different levels of consciousness. And many of us working within triangles are also members of many different types of groups. We have groups that work on the physical plane largely exoteric in nature. The family might be one such group or any other service groups that we're involved in, but there are other groups that work on the physical plane that are attempting uh, to do esoteric group work, more spiritual group work. And then of course there are many groups working on the subtle levels of reality the inner planes of which we might also be a part, even though we might not have a real conscious recognition of that work. But the fundamental underlying concept of real group work from the perspective of the spiritual hierarchy is certainly that work that entails contacting the soul. For it's only through an ability to bring the soul into the work that we do that a group can really be known and participated in. Triangle's work is an example of a type of group work as we know, for it is infused with soul energy by those members in the group who can contact not only their own souls, but also the souls of their group partners and the soul of the greater group and projecting a line of light into the spiritual hierarchy, the source of the triangle's work itself. And this is a very large group, relatively speaking. It's global in scope and its auric field, therefore, is much wider and more extensive than that which individuals in any group could ever encompass by themselves. So it has much potential for bringing through soul energy simply by linking with it. 
the triangle's members are also, as I said, parts of many other different groups. And these smaller groups can contribute to the vibrancy of the network as a whole. And the network can also contribute to the stimulation of the smaller groups. Um, it's rather easy to form uh, and become part, part of an exoteric group, as we know, such a group as this webinar, or being affiliated with a spiritual organization, of which there are a myriad number in our world today. It's not difficult, but to affiliate ourselves within a field of esoteric training with a true spiritual group, that's something altogether different. It's not easy as it demands much from the seeker and all kinds of hindrances can arise within the group life and within the individual members. People today don't always give sufficient attention to the commitment entailed in undergoing a systematic method of spiritual training. Often one might seek to enter into this type of training without sufficient preparation or self-discipline, and therefore they won't be able to measure up to the offered opportunity. There's an interesting article written by Blavatsky entitled Practical Occultism, in which she highlighted some of the necessary prerequisites for the proper functioning of a true spiritual group. And you can see from the listing how exacting was her understanding of a true spiritual group. And I'll just state a few of them for all of our consideration. She said that the first step was to establish within the group a sacred space, and we might call it a protected space, one where, wherein the spiritual currents can flow without hindrance because the atmosphere has been purified. And so she includes this physical plane and etheric atmosphere, but she's also talking about the atmosphere on the astral and lower mental planes, which need to be purified as well. And she stated that unless the greatest harmony reigns among the learners, no success is possible. And she called the spiritual group one that works together in such unison that it becomes as the fingers of one hand. And she wrote, thou shalt impress upon their minds that whatever hurts one should hurt the others. And if the rejoicing of one finds no echo in the breasts of others, then the required conditions are absent and it's useless to proceed. She said that the co-disciples in a group must be tuned by the guru as the strings of a lute, each different from the other yet each emitting sounds in harmony with all, making their minds open for the harmonies of the wisdom to vibrate 
as knowledge through each and every member of the group. Those who desire to acquire the knowledge leading to the occult powers have to renounce all of the vanities of life in the three worlds. None can feel the difference between himself and his fellow students, such as saying to themselves, I am the wisest. I am more holy and pleasing to the teacher or in my community than my brother. Key qualities for participation in the group life or meditation, the observation of moral duties, gentle thoughts, good deeds, kind words, goodwill to all, and the entire oblivion of self. In a sense, these thoughts describe the atmosphere within the inner ashrams, those ashrams that exist upon the inner planes. And it's therefore helpful perhaps to use the energies of cancers to consider these things because esoterically speaking, cancer is a sign which is associated with the inner home, the inner house, the place of protection, the lighted house. And the Tibetan master we know works within these inner ashrams with his students. And I just wanted to close with a couple of phrases from some of the keynotes that he gave to his disciples for pondering, which describe, it seems, the atmosphere found within these inner sanctums. He said that to enter into an ashram, you must do so with calm, you must speak low, and only if a need is there. He said, you must enter the stream behind the door. And in order to do so, you must wash away the stains of the travel which you undertook to arrive at that point. And then he said, you enter into a room in shadow full of peace and calm, of books and enterprise. And at the desk, the teacher sits and works and thinks, projecting thought, working within, above, and all around, while through the room pass many, for it is their right to pass. So let's now work together with our meditation. Let's come together in group fusion. Linking in thought as a soul as a point of love and light, focusing on the mental plane at the center of the even arm cross, linking with all triangles members throughout the world, projecting a line of lighted energy towards the spiritual hierarchy and towards the highest center we 
sound together the affirmation of will. In the center of the will of God, I stand. Not shall deflect my will from his. I implement that will by love. I turn towards the field of service. I, the triangle divine, work out that will within the square and serve my fellow men. Visualization. Using the creative imagination, link with two other points of light to create a triangle of light. Visualize the triangle in which you are working as an essential part of the Radiant Worldwide Triangles Network. Hold the consciousness immersed within the light of the group soul, the heart of love which underlies and infuses the network. Now project a line of lighted energy towards the world teacher who stands as the heart of love at the center of the spiritual hierarchy and also at the heart of each triangle. Visualize the energies of love, light, and goodwill circulating in and around the Triangles Network. Visualize these energies unifying and eliminating all divisions within humanity healing and transforming human consciousness, establishing right human relationships.
refocusing the consciousness on the mental plane, projecting a line of lighted energy towards the hierarchy, we sound together the mantra of unification. The souls of all are one and I am one with them. I seek to love, not hate. I seek to serve and not exact due service. I seek to heal, not hurt. Let pain bring due reward of light and love. Let the soul control the outer form and life and all events and bring to light the love that underlies the happenings of the time. Let vision come and insight. Let the future stand revealed. Let inner union demonstrate and outer cleavages be gone. Let love prevail. Let all people love. Visualize the whole planet alight with triangles. See new triangles being formed everywhere. distribution, sounding the great invocation, silently or aloud. As we repeat each stanza, let's visualize the network acting as a link between the world of spiritual realities and humanity, and as a channel through which light and love and divine purpose may flow into human consciousness. from the point of light within the mind of God. Let light stream forth into the minds of, into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills. 
the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center, which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Thank you, everyone. And now we would like to welcome Joshua and Nick. If you could turn on your videos. All right. Hey, welcome, everyone. Um, not sure why the screen. Okay, there you go. All right. So, hi, guys. Thanks hey, for Kathy. being here. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Thank, nice for nice to have you. As you both know, we're working in a transition period between the outgoing Piscean age and the incoming Aquarian age, and that Aquarius is very much concerned with group work, um, but we're still in the transition between these two ages. And so for young people coming in under this impulse of new energies, I wonder if each of you could share with the group your perceptions of group work and this transition period through which we're moving. Um, if you want to start, Nick, go ahead. Sure. Um, yeah, so group work, um, uh, I think, is, is sort of an inevitable part of the progress of human consciousness and, and human psychology. Um, you know, group work, and in, in, in I guess what we understand is the Aquarian sense, uh, which is a little less centralized and, and uh, less based on a sort of strict forms, right? Um, but I think that, you know, because the, the nature of human consciousness and the nature of our psychology is we have all these thoughts and feelings inside us uh, that sort of, that define much of our day-to-day -day consciousness. And these thoughts and feelings, you know, they aren't just sort of like uh, wallpaper that's just that's just there. They're uh, these they're these outward moving kind of impulses in themselves, right? I mean, uh, a, a feeling doesn't just kind of sit there; it wants to be expressed in some way through words or actions, right? And, uh, 
the the same for the same for many of our our thoughts and ideas. And so I think that it becomes a, sort of on a long enough timeline. Eventually, it becomes a necessity um, for our for our psychic development as individuals, as well as for the, the benefit of the group, um, to sort of uh, to have a contained and and uh, to to specifically attune um, a group of people in a certain way uh, that, that allows us to not only, um, to, to, to not only sort of have our thoughts and our feelings to ourselves and have them try to be of, of you know, good caliber, good quality, uh, but to sort of control the actual ecosystem, I guess, that, that they're implicitly wanting to feed back into. Um, and so, you know, that, that involves actually working with the group itself, you know, having a specific contained group or groups that you're part of um, that sort of, you know, gradually become more attuned with each other um, and, and sort of, you know, maybe vibrate in a similar fashion and, and have shared thought forms and stuff. Um, th that I think allows for a health of, you know, a, a level of, of psychological health and of the, the prospect of individual development that, that wouldn't otherwise be there because you're accounting for something that's kind of inherent in, uh, in, in the stuff of our day-to-day -day thinking. Okay, thank you. Joshua, what, how, how would you address this idea of group work? Well, I think one of the, the principles or the ideas of the Aquarian Age is that the, the seventh ray is gonna be coming in more. And the quality of the sixth ray versus the seventh ray makes group work look very different. So like you have these spiritual groups, whether they're Christian or Eastern or, or whatever in the Piscean age, and it was very much like the, the teacher, or the gurus up here. And then, you know, the group is down here and is, you know, very devoted to an outward figure. I mean, maybe sometimes the soul or something, but there, there was sort of a disconnect, you know, there was, it was very abstract. And the seventh ray is about, the integration of matter and spirit, bringing them together. And I think that's what, what spiritual groups are, are trying to explore now. And one effort that me and Nick have been uh, working on is the molecular relationship, which is um, a group that's trying to do just that, integrate spirit and matter. And it's, it's sort of like as above, so also below in the, the, the lower kingdoms in nature and the mineral kingdom, for example, atoms come together to form a molecule, the molecules we know in nature. And then those molecules come together to form more complex proteins and so forth. And then you eventually get the plant kingdom from this, this unity of the lesser lives. It allows for an overshadowing of the greater life to come down. And the molecular relationship, uh, simply put, is that, that principle playing out in the human kingdom so that uh, a group of people come together in a structured order. The, the molecular configuration we're working on now is uh, 24 people, uh, 12 men and 12 women in four triads coming together. But as you were pointing out in your talk earlier, uh, it's, it's easy to have outer groups. It's easy to just join something, right? It's like, oh, I went to this church. Oh, I'm part of the Theosophical Society. Oh, I'm with real, you know, it's easy to just be a part of something, but to be a part of something outwardly and at the same time, to be a part of the inner group and, and work towards a synthesis of it is very difficult. And that's 
part of the one of the main goals of the molecular uh, relationship. Okay, thank you. So Nick, I know that you're involved through your actual academic work with um, various, you've worked in various residential rehabs, uh, leading groups, but now you're also involved in this uh, molecular relationship group and other groups that have sprung out of that. And could you share with the group um, some of the differences and perhaps some of the similarities that you've found in between these two different ways of working? Yeah, um, so in, in, in residential rehabs, you know, there's, um, I mean, first of all, most of what you do when you're in a residential rehab is you, you spend a lot of time in different group sessions, group, group therapy sessions. Um, and the thing about it is there's, there's a common, there's a shared thought form, right? There's a shared aspirational thought form. Everybody has the thought form of recovery in some form. Um, and everybody's sort of working toward that, that particular horizon. And what's interesting about it, I mean, one comparison, and I'm, I, 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 th I think that, you know, the, the thing about recovery and the thing about rehab um, is that it's the ideal, the aspirational ideal or thought form that you have is inherently kind of antagonistic to the way you've been doing things. It's, it's kind of inherently saying, you know, there's something wrong with the way that you've been doing your thinking. You're, there's something wrong with, you know, you're, you have these patterns of behavior that are really not okay and something's got to change. Um, that's, that's sort of implied in the very nature of the thing. And then um, with spiritual stuff, I, I think there can be sort of, that's often not there. And I, I think it, sometimes there can be actually an opposite problem where, because of the nature of the, the aspiration, because it's this, this pretty, you know, admirable lofty goal. Um, there could sometimes be this sense that, you know, there, there's not enough of questioning of the self. There's, there's a little bit of a sense that because we have this aspiration, because we're gathered to do this, we're already kind of in a higher category, you know, we're already kind of, you know, we've, we've got it pretty well figured out compared to most people, let's say. Um, and so I think that there needs to be, you know, some kind of balance there. I mean, I don't, you know, we, we shouldn't treat everything like a rehab where we're, you know, we're uh, trying to remold our, our sort of desperate selves. But I, I think that, you know, uh, there, there can be, as I said, the opposite problem in a lot of spiritual work sometimes. And, you know, the individual, in a lot of ways, we are kind of the stumbling stone in group work, right, as individuals. Yeah. And, and I think there has to be, you know, particularly with regard to the whole like we were outlining the difference between Piscean and Aquarian. And, you know, in the absence of something more like a, a really, you know, one strict authority, you know, one person walking around who kind of, you know, tells you what to do. Um, there does need to be this vigilance on your part that, you know, you can be at any given moment, you might be in the wrong. Right. And, and not to, I think it's important not to necessarily equate that with, you know, the, the sort of stern talking to the stern punishment that you might have gotten, you know, in Piscean times for being wrong, right? I think, you know, part of the moving forward with the Aquarian energy is, you know, not abandoning that altogether, but just sort of saying, okay, you know, I'm willing to say I'm wrong. If I'm wrong, maybe it doesn't even have to be a big deal. I'll just, I'll just move forward and do the best I can. You know, I'll, I'll try to correct the mistake. 
instead of sort of equating it with this, oh, dreading this response from the master who's going to be so mad at me. And, and then, uh, you know, because of that, maybe you, you sort of detach yourself from the, the capacity to, to be wrong. Yeah. Well, it's sort of like at a, at a rehab, we're saying, I admit that I have a, an issue and that I am, say, an alcoholic or an addict. Now, maybe the corollary in group work is that I admit that I am a personality. And, you know, in group work, we, we're asked to strive to leave the personality outside the door. And, um, you know, that's, that's, a, that's harder. It's, it's a challenge, you know. Um, so I know that you've already introduced the molecular relationship, Joshua, um, but could you tell us a, a few more fundamentals uh, that sure. underlie this project? Well, there's, there's a glue that holds it together, and that's basically soul contact, as you were saying in the talk. I, that, that's a really great analogy you were pointing out from Blavatsky about the, the fingers of the hand, because that's the goal, you know. Mm -hmm. We can work together as, you know, family, a group of friends, co-workers, and, you know, it, it, it's usually not like the one, a bunch of fingers of one hand, but, um, but through the soul, you can really um, see, see eye to eye with people. And, and when I think of leaving the personality behind, it's sort of like you leave whatever your opinions or desires or personal thoughts about the situation and, and offer them up to God or the higher self. And maybe it turns out you're right, or maybe you're wrong and you, you let them go, you know? And whatever the intuition or the divine inspiration is, that's what's followed. And if, if people are doing it right, and if every, there's enough group cohesion in a spiritual sense, um, and to some degree in, in a personality sense, then, then you can move forward as one. You know? And like the fingers of one hand, not everybody's necessarily doing the same thing. You know, if you're holding that's a pen, three fingers are doing something different. These two are working closely, but they're they're all part of one work going forward. Right. And in, in the molecule, that's, there's the, the outer form sort of represented by the personality, which is the geometric configuration of four triangles, actually. Uh, so there's three triads. And unlike the triangles work, it's composed of six people. It's three pairs of people. Three, uh, three groups of male and female partners, because the idea is that in the atoms in nature, there is a balance between the male and feminine, the electrical positive and negative energy um, that creates a, a balance in the atom between the electrons uh, and the protons or in the nucleus, if I have the technical terms right. But because we're at the level of development of humanity, we don't have that balance within ourselves and we need that uh, the balance of male and female energy between people. Maybe someday in the future, we'll move beyond it and, and be totally balanced within each human unit, but that's not today. So the three atoms, which are male-female units, come together to form a triad. And there's four triads in the molecule, which makes 12 atoms total and 24 members. And I was, I was considering this the other day uh, Lucius Trump Trust uploaded a, an old triangles video with Michael Robbins, and he, he pointed out something I hadn't heard before. I, well, it was the idea of the square, the, getting the triangle into the square, that that was the goal, the triangle representing the whole or the spiritual triad, soul or the spiritual triad, 
and the square representing the personality. And then in masonry, they simply, they have like a, a triangle and they just fold it down into the square on the ground. Yeah. And it occurred to me the geometry uh, of the molecule that we're trying to, to manifest is, uh, it's, it's a square, there's four triads and the triads are the triangle within the square. So there was just sort of an interesting thing I, I noticed the other day. Like a but, pyramid in a sense. Yeah, and it is like a pyramid, yeah. Yeah, well, thank you. Um, so Nick, Joshua's given us the theory of the molecular relationship. Could you express some of the uh, challenges or successes of working with this rather abstract idea on the physical plane? And also, if you want to share some of your thoughts on the theory of the molecular relationship first, that would be fine as well. Yeah, I mean, I think Joshua did a pretty good job of, you know, the, the an outline of the theory there. I, okay. you know, uh, I, I, I think, um, you know, I, as far as the practical day-to-day -day stuff, I mean, it, it can be difficult at times. And, you know, in some of the ways that I was alluding to before, I mean, I think that especially when you're doing something very new, um, it can be hard for there to be, um, for, for a thought form to cohere in a way that motivates people in, in, in a, a universal manner, right? That everybody's sort of motivated in the same way, wants to do the same thing. Um, but that said, I think that coming up against that has actually fueled a lot of real connection and that it, it, in a sense, that's, I think that's helped to power um, what, what may prove to be the beginning of the actual, um, of the plan actually coming together in terms of the molecular relationship, because, you know, a lot of it's about soul contact. It's about people forging connections through the soul and that sort of being poured into the structure, right? So um, I think that, you know, like I said, the personality or the self is the stumbling block. And I, I, I think that by coming up against that, um, we actually have learned to, at least many of us have learned to be sort of more soul oriented and, and have, have forged deeper connections because of that. Um, That's great. That's great. Yeah. Well, do you, either of you have any thoughts that you'd like to share before we open it up, some concluding thoughts before we open it up to the wider group, or should we just open it up. I, I have a few more thoughts, though. Okay. Uh, one is sort of in, in response to somebody doesn't quite understand um, what we're trying to manifest. And so I'll explain a little bit more. Hopefully it'll... Uh, it, the molecular group is trying to, to create a, a molecule of humans, just as there's a molecule of atoms in the microcosm, and man being the macrocosm of that microcosm is following the same uh, order of things, let's say. And to do that, it's, it's trying to create a bridge for a higher life form from a higher kingdom to, to overshadow. Uh, you know, it's said that the higher kingdoms in nature don't know individuality and through man will experience individuality. But just like you can't manifest as a human being in the physical without a body, so too they can't manifest without uh, a vehicle of human beings in a sense. And a molecule, we're trying to manifest a, a human molecule, which will be linked to the higher kingdoms in nature if it's really linked, right? You know, you can pretend all sorts of things, but if, if there's not the real solar fusion and the real connection spiritually, then it's, it's not there. So 
Yeah. Like the triangles work, you know, we're yeah. trying as a large group to provide a channel for yeah. which spiritual energies can pour. Yeah. So. Well, it's and so that, I mean, it's, it's to try to become the hand to a larger body uh, right. from the higher kingdoms, right. to put it basically. I mean, there's a lot more that could be said, but yeah. there's only so much time. Right. Well, thank you both. So hopefully that clarified it. Yeah. So we could open it up now and encourage people to share their thoughts, maybe about this work, molecular relationship, or their own experiences in seeking to work with a spiritual group. If you can raise your hand clicking on uh, the raise hand option under reactions I believe or you might want to place something in the chat box so if you Joshua or Nick would like to read some of the comments that would be great yeah um uh George uh asked me a direct question so I'm not sure if you want me to respond to that publicly sure. or not oh, well I'm, I'm asking him so he, I'll wait oh. for him to so let me know. Um, but uh, was it uh, Riza asked Joshua, "How did you come to this thinking?" Um, well, I assume you're asking about the molecular relationship, and it wasn't my uh, thinking. Uh, a man named J.J. Dewey, um, I guess he received the concept uh, several decades ago, and has been trying to work towards it in one way or another since then. Um, I you can have put a link. Yeah, yeah, I'll put a link in the chat. You can uh, reach out to him if you're interested in finding out more about it but yeah it's uh it's his uh intuition inspiration whatever you want to call it not my uh thinking i've just sort of been working at it for a few years and uh have learned a few things along the way let's say all right did the person that you um spoke to say respond to your no maybe not Nick, I know there's a comment there from Isabel. Did you uh, see? Yeah, so somebody had mentioned um, the act of will by Asagioli. Uh, and I, I, I am aware of that book. I, and I, I do want, it's one of many books that I uh, currently very much want to read. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, I know that that book is really sort of up, right, right up our alley in terms of what we're talking about. Um, I see a comment from Kit. Um, do you see that one? Uh, Joshua, do you want to read that one? Under the one from Isabel? Uh, what, what does it say? Would you mind reading it, Kathy? Is your group trying to manifest something in particular? Oh, I thought I had answered that already. But yeah, we're trying to manifest a, um, a vehicle for uh, higher, you know, higher kingdoms of nature to manifest through Matt Minute. And I think, you know, it's part of the sort of externalization process or trying to manifest the kingdom of God on earth, that sort of stuff. Um, but I can even uh, post the PDF of the book. It has more detailed information if you're interested in that. Oops. I would say I, I, I just got a, there's a question from Suzanne. Don't you think that the soul needs the instrument and person, or I guess personality to bring down the higher energies down to the horizontal level. And I, uh, yeah, I would definitely say that we do. Uh, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm not at all trying to say that the personality is bad or, you know, to be totally shunned or, or that we should will its destruction. I mean, I, I think we, we absolutely need it. And 
it should be, you know, more or less under the control of the soul um, or higher energies. I think that, you know, the important part is, is learning to control it in a way that isn't too effort intensive, you know, that, that doesn't, where the control itself doesn't become sort of the order of the day and, and you know, takes up all the time of, of both entities. There's a comment from Matthew Martin. Do you see that one? Uh, George responded to me. He wanted, uh, he has no problem with me reading it out loud. Let me just, let me try to scroll up and find his original comment here. What if there is an unacknowledged original sin that clings to the personality? Is there a way to acknowledge without admitting? Um, I'm not sure the distinction between acknowledgement and admitting. I think there are, are things that can bring it to the surface without sort of analyzing it. Um, there's a way to clear out emotional blockages. Like when you're working with spiritual energy, um, it can often bring this stuff out and to the surface. And sometimes it'll just come out and be done away with. Other times it'll bring it to your attention that you need to work on it. So it, it sort of varies, but uh, do you have any thoughts on that, Nick, from your psychological perspective? Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of hard and, and uh, off the top of my head. Um, but I think what you said has a lot of merit. Okay. Um, there's a comment uh, from Matthew Martin, if you scroll up. Um, uh, if you see it, can you read it? Sure. Um, to unite it, groups, do you see that one? Yeah. Oh yeah, I see. Go ahead if you want to read it and if you have anything to say in response. Sure, so to, uh, to unite groups, it is important for each group or quote unquote molecular group to make a subjective connection and conscious recognition of unity with the other groups and also give our agreement to our intergroup unity. Similar with esoteric triangles, it's important that the members or groups linked together subjectively as one united consciousness with the same great purpose. Yeah, I mean, I, I would agree. I think it's all about, you know, forging the, the uh, subjective level connection, the, the subtler soul level connections um, is sort of what, in my view, what everything's sort of leading to. Because uh, I think once you have that established, it, it takes care of much of the rest. Um, so it's sort of a lot of stuff's going on on the personality level, but it's all sort of ideally oriented toward, you know, e even if it might seem, uh, you know, at, at times, like on a personality level, things aren't going great, or, you know, there's, there's drama or something. Um, I think, you know, at, if, if, if we're united in, you know, focusing on sort of nurturing the right thought forms and moving forward with, with the same general idea, then I think it, it ultimately comes to nurture uh, that soul connection, which which then kind of moves outward and, and handles a lot of the other stuff. I see a, a question here uh, from Sue Christensen. Uh, how are you finding your male and female partners to form the molecule? Um, ideally, it would be a, a married couple, but a lot of people who are participating in the molecular group, the group trying to work on the molecule, uh, aren't uh, married or in a, you know, a relationship with a romantic partner. So 
people have had sort of platonic partnerships between men and women. And basically just people in the group choose to work together. And, you know, if they find out they can work together well, then they'll keep doing it. And if not, you know, look for somebody else until they can find, you know, the right relationship, the right balance there. Um, yeah, I had a, another thought you mentioned from a younger perspective. Um, I, I, I don't know if it's super relevant, but I, I get a lot of meaning out of symbols from, from pop culture. And, uh, you know, Eduardo was talking about, you know, sort of modern mythology. And I think in, in one sense, if people are familiar with the X-Men, that that's uh, a sort of symbol of the spiritual group. They, I mean, it, it can be anyway, because they're working to try to foster right relationships between humanity and these mutants and, you know, protect people from negative forces and stuff. There's even, and, and they're all training together so that they can work as, you know, a team in unison, but they all have different powers, but they're all, you know, yeah. ostensibly behind that same goal. I mean, and it, it really gets telling with the telepathy sometimes because usually they'll have a telepath who like connects their minds telepathically. So they, it's almost like they're on a, an audio call when they're out in the field doing stuff like, oh, you dodge this way, you, you know, do optic blast or whatever. Yeah. So I think relating to the youth component, there's a lot of symbols out there in pop culture and media that really have deep spiritual resonance or they can, if you're looking for it. Um, yeah. And that's one of them. So I figured I'd throw that idea out there too. Right. Well, thank you both so much. We're running out of time now and we just closed with a moment of silence, but I just wanted to say thank you. It's very, um, so interesting to share your insights um, with the group. And so congratulations on what you're doing and uh, good luck in the future. <laughs> All right, so let's just take a moment to link with each other and all Triangle's members throughout the world in a moment of silence before we close. Thank you, everyone. Bye-bye. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Kathy. Bye.